Today, I'm joined by the Chief Beauty Ambassador, Annie Ford Danielson, and the Director of Brand Outreach, Maggie Ford Danielson, for Benefit Cosmetics. Stay tuned to find out just how they've grown Benefit into the internationally renowned brand it is today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's like to welcome our guests for today, Maggie and Annie Ford-Danielson. They're the daughters of Jean Ford, who together with her twin sister Jane, founded Benefit Cosmetics in the 70s. Born in San Francisco as a boutique, Benefit is now a best-selling global brand famed for its brow products and focused on problem-solving their customers' makeup dilemmas. Maggie and Annie have been with the brand since 2008, and what I love is that their decision was totally unplanned and they both worked in stores despite it being the family business. It just goes to show that they built a true understanding of the brand DNA and share a clear passion for a customer-first beauty that is so intrinsic to Benefit. To this day, Maggie and Annie have ensured they remain true to the brand mission while bringing benefit into the future, and I'm so excited to sit down with them today. So Maggie, Annie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Akash. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. So I asked my guests the same question, so I'm going to start with Maggie first. So Annie, you've got some time to think about your answer. Okay, good. Um, Yeah, I gave you a lifeline there. But Maggie, who in a nutshell is Maggie? Oh. Well, um, for the record, I am the older sister, so, um, you know, let's just get that out of the way. Um, I'm Maggie Ford Danielson. I live here in San Francisco. Um, I have had a long journey at Benefit, like, you know, you said, um, started in 2008. I'm the director of brand outreach, which means that I am in charge of our uh, philanthropy program here in the United States. And, you know, we've raised $11.5 million since the start. So, you know, humble brag. We'll get to those details later. Um, And, uh, yeah, I uh, work full-time at Benefit. I've got three kids. I'm 41. I don't exercise as much as I'd like, but I do like exercising. I probably drink too much wine. Um, I like big, bold patterns and colorful things. And, um, you know, I think that Annie and I, I mean, not to speak for you, Annie, but I personally think we've had a really interesting perspective on this, on our journey at Benefit. We're sort of, you know, we're founder adjacent. So our mom and aunt were the founders of Benefit, but we have been there, you know, as we were born into the brand. Um, so we've, had a really interesting perspective, seen what they've done, seen some of the crazy stuff that they've done, some of the amazing things, learned from it, learned to do this something similar, some of the not similar things, um, really taken, in my mind, I've taken the best of what they've done and learned from it and try to emulate it and maybe try to pivot along other things that like sort of as a, as, as just things that, that have maybe worked or haven't. So I feel really lucky that I've grown up like um, adjacent to their incredible journey um, and how we can and and what can I learn from that and evolve. That's kind of how I feel. And I love Benefit. I'm never leaving. If anyone at Benefit's listening, I'm never leaving. 
<laughs> I love that. Okay, well, we have it in like now in in like in the podcast form. We have it in, in not in writing. I can't. I don't even think we have it in word in word form. We have it now. You can't. She's go back committed. You're committed. Yeah. You're committed. Where am I gonna go? Where am I gonna go? Exactly. <laughs> and where would you? I mean, for me, I would just say, and it goes without saying, I love benefit. I for me, everyone kind of prides me on my brows, and for me, it's all thanks to the benefit brow gel. Like it's what oh I my use. God. So. Yes, twenty four. It's the best. Uh, I have the mini one and the big one, so I am a stand for that product. Um, so I just want to say that. But, um, but Annie, who is Annie in a nutshell? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, well, I also have been with Benefit as long as Maggie has. We, you know, we're committed to the family gig. I am the chief beauty ambassador. So basically, what I do is represent the brand, do interviews like this travel, um, but really bring the brand spirit and DNA to life. Um, it's a huge piece of what makes our brand different and unique. And, um, you know, it's Maggie and my job to make sure that we keep that heritage, we keep that culture and what makes us unique, but that we're able to modernize it and be relevant for today's consumer and be a part of the conversation. So that's, that's really what, um, gets me going. And I have two boys. I am a full-time single mom. So I'm raising two boys. I work in beauty. I'm just about done building our new house for me and my kids. And that's about all I got going on, which is why my walls, if you can see, have just holes in them and nothing else because that's, that's where we're at. That's the grind. <laughs> I love it. So before I start, I have to ask, because I obviously have founded my brand with my sister. So working with a sibling, especially sister, um, but you guys are sisters, so it's different. Um, what is it like? Uh, spill the tea, but I'll start with, um, no, whoever wants to go first, take the floor. <laughs> I'll go first. Maggie bit the bullet on the first one. You know, I have to say, and I think that this even goes for our mom and aunt that when you work with family, at least mm. particularly sisters, I'll just speak for that relationship. I think that there's a few things that come with it. There's, you know, the, the comfort level, there's the trust, there's the built in knowing that no matter what happens, someone has your back. And I think that that makes you, um, feel, somewhat unstoppable when it comes to the challenges that can come from, you know, being a working parent, having children, traveling, doing all the things that you have to do. It's almost as if you've got like a fully built in partner in crime who can kind of, you know, catch a ball when it's thrown at you and you miss it and it doesn't fall onto the ground. And it's a really, um, it's a huge support system. I think that it also sometimes, you know, for a sister relationship, it's like there's the sisterhood, then there's the work sister, and then the, the actuals. Like it's all connected for us. There's no differentiation. Everyone's like, "Oh, what's your work life versus your personal life?" It's all mixed up. And and for me, it works. And I think for Maggie, it works because you know between us, we've got five kids. We live two blocks away from each other, but we can really support each other. And I think that you know, especially through the pandemic and being available for certain things. It's been, it's been awesome. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> I, I will, I'll, the other thing I'll add to that is I think that it also is very efficient. Um, you know, there's a level of sort of like decorum in the, in the workplace with your like regular colleagues that you have to sort of like 
okay, I'm going to tone down a statement or I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that it's presented in the proper way. So I don't, none of that exists when you're working with your sibling, especially if it's just you and them. You're like, here's what it is. You get it like enough. You can like, there's, it's just, it's like a, it's like the cliff notes version of things. Cause you sort of already speak the same language uh, in terms of how your dialogue is, you know? So it's just really efficient and fast and you sort of, um, finish each other's sentences or you know where the thought's going to go. Um, so that is a good time saver, I would say. And then I think, but like, and then the other thing, the last thing I'll say is it is important. Um, and I think Annie touched on it is like, there is really no, um, differentiation between sort of work life and personal life. And so I think one thing that Annie and I have recognized over the last couple of years, especially with like all this togetherness and, you know, with COVID is that it is important to sort of try to, carve out a little like non-work sibling time and that's it feels weird honestly sometimes you just sort of like revert back into talking about work because that's like normal but it's really important and like to sort of say okay we're gonna put that aside for a second and like let's just work on being sisters um but we'll see we're that's a work in progress (laughs) no I feel you and it's it's exactly what you're saying makes so much sense because it's kind of like quite odd to think about the working and then the family relationship and then how we sometimes sometimes even like have to like trick our brain to be like I need some time away from you but I don't want time away from you but maybe I should have time away from you um and sometimes with my sister like she she, she's quite clingy in the sense of she's like let's live together and I'm like no we need to like put (laughs) certain boundaries for sure we're both single both like nearly in our 30 like 30 like you know it's it's hard like we need to think about putting some personal boundaries um otherwise we will speak all the time but um it is just it is what it is um but I would love maybe before we go a little bit into your roles and you know your day-to-days and some of the new products with benefit if um both of you and maybe you can tag team on it um could explain the story of uh, how you know Jean and uh, your twin sister Jane founded benefit um in the 70s Sure. We're really good at tag teaming. So, you know, that's right. That's our, <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll jump in. Um, so our mom and aunt identical twin sisters, which is if anyone knows identical twins, no matter what their sisters are like, they got their own special thing. They're like a, a breed of their own. Um, but they, um, they are from Indiana, Midwest. Um, they wanted to try to be models back in the seventies, but they're like really, really tall. They're like over six feet. And that wasn't like the look in the seventies, you know? So they weren't really good. They're beautiful, but they were not successful models, but they learned a few things about makeup and they just knew that they, they they're just super dynamic. I mean, they're a force of nature, quite honestly, they grew up being entertainers. Our grandmother was on television. So she had these like twins and dressed them alike. And they did literally like songs and dances and like performed at like, they're like, they're just dynamic and very, um, dramatic. And, um, so anyways, all that is like little threads of who they are. Fast forward. They basically just wanted to be like hippies and have no responsibility. So they moved to San Francisco and, you know, this is like San Francisco in the seventies. So like, I'll let you go, let your mind go there. Um, but it's just like no holds barred, like anything went kind of thing. Um, and, uh, they ran out of money and they were like, our grandmother was like, you have to come home, like enough of this BS. Like, what are you doing with your lives? Like get it together. And they were like, we don't want to come home because like San Francisco is great and Indiana is not as great. So um, they were forced to come up with a plan. What are, how are we going to make money? And that was the driving force of everything. Like they, we always say, people always asking me and Annie, like, 
what was their vision? Um, what, how did they, did they envision that they were going to have this global beauty brand? No way, not a chance. Um, they were like, we need to make money to like pay rent. That's it. And so they flipped a coin, true story. And then I'll, I'll pass on to Annie, but like they flipped a coin and it was either going to be casseroles, which is like a Midwestern dish of like, it's sort of like shepherd's pie. If you want to put it into like UK terms. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they just, cause a lot of those are made in the, in the Midwest in America. So they knew a lot of like casseroles. So they were going to like, let's open a casserole cafe or a makeup store. And thank goodness for all of us here today. They landed on makeup. Store. They <laughs> landed on makeup. I mean, that's the, that's the common dilemma for most, you know, casseroles or. Yeah. It's like really, products. there you go. That, that shows you how little of a business plan they have. Those two things are like, love it. <laughs> I love that. But you know, it's interesting. I think like one of the things I always take into perspective is you know, they started with one little store. They opened in the cheapest neighborhood in San Francisco, which now is, you know, one of the most sought after neighborhoods, the Mission District. It wasn't safe. It wasn't, you know, uh, the, the clientele wasn't what you necessarily dreamt of when opening a cosmetic store. And there were real challenges. But I think to Maggie's point, there was not this like massive goal of becoming this global you know, they needed to pay rent. They had really manageable, obtainable goals. And that was always kind of, I think, a piece of their success was that they never got caught up in looking five, 10 years ahead. They were like, we've got to pay rent. We need to make our day. And they used to always say, if you make your day, you make your week, you make your week, you make your month, you make your month, you make your year. And that is what you do in business. And so I always really took that to heart because that's really how they behaved. And they opened up this first shop. And to Maggie's you know, original point, they weren't makeup artists, which makes – it's a big point of difference for benefit because we don't come to our clients or to our customers as the expert. We're really just – equals. And we're here to solve beauty dilemmas together, to make you feel good, to have some fun and to get you out the door looking and feeling your best. And that is what they did from day one, because what they, you know, they may not have been beauty experts, but they were experts in women and in sales and in conversation and intimacy within a sales environment and really creating a space where in a decade where, you know, there wasn't a lot of intimacy in cosmetics. It was very formulaic. It was very, you have to be an expert or you have to be like a huge brand that has like a 10 step program on how to do your makeup benefit. You know, our mom and aunt opened this shop that was like, Hey, we're just here to hang out. We're here to have some fun and we're going to solve your, your beauty problems. And it was successful. You know, they, and, and it was successful to them. It wasn't successful in the sense of like, they were making millions of dollars and they opened all these shops. Not at all. It took them. That came later. <laughs> that, yeah. But it took them like a decade to even get to multiple boutiques. It was successful in the sense of they were having fun and loving what they did. And I think that's why so many people came back to the store was not even for the product, but just for the environment and the fun. And I think also like there, if I think back about when Benefit really started to sort of like become noticed, and I don't mean when it was this big, big brand, like we're talking, you know, 90s, like when all these indie brands sort of, and we're, Benefit is one of the like considered one of the original indie brands. Like, what does that mean? It means it's a non, 
now it's kind of like a heritage brand, which is so funny because to me, I still think of Benefit as this like niche thing, but I'm like, no, I know I do too. Not. Um, but at the time, like Annie mentioned, there was like, you know, you have these big sort of historic brands, Clinique, Lauder, Lancome, and you, and then there's Benefit coming in with these weird, uh, straight up weird products, strange names with the idea that it's actually, and I still think this is, this is my opinion that selling and sales is actually still kind of like a lot of people consider it's like a four letter word, like, Oh my God, I'm being sold to. And I'm like, yeah, you're damn right. You are like, that is my job and that is their job. And that is actually the job PS of all brands to sell things. And like, that is what they were best at. They could yes. sell anything and you wouldn't even know that you were being sold to. And they came up with ways to do it. Like the creative packaging, the packaging that looks different than anybody else's. Like the names, those are like things that customers, it's sensory, right? Like it draws you in. When we, I remember like they created this thing called traffic stopping literally how to get people to walk into their store and they did crazy things. They put up caution tape in front of one of their stores one time because it like drew people's attention. You're like, Oh my God, did someone get like, you know, beat up over there? Did something, was there like, you know, it's like rubbernecking, like people want to go in and it worked like very untraditional ways of drawing people into whether it's a physical space or towards their product because Ultimately, they were like, once you're in our space, like we will, you will walk out with something. (laughs) That's right. And like, that's what they taught us. Like that is what we, Annie and I, if I had to say that Annie, like, I mean, I think the one thing that is like among many other wonderful things that they pass on to us, but like we, we are really good salespeople. Like we still sell every single day for benefit. Like, and so I, I, I wear that as a badge of honor. Like I will, I love it. I love being able to do that. A hundred percent. And, and one thing I want to ask is, is about that kind of today it's even hard, but definitely, you know, we're talking 10 years ago, 20 years ago to be disruptive in the industry. And especially when you have the likes of retail, et cetera, it can be quite challenging, but what I love about benefit, it's always since the minute I came inception with the brand, it's been so fearless in its own right. So unique, so full of storytelling. I mean, I can still remember like the, these like visuals of like the, whether it was like the, the, this like drive through and these like amazing pop-ups. And I remember seeing like the best in class, like kind of, uh, creative, uh, marketing, you, you know, universally, um, interesting. And I just benefits done that. Um, and obviously, as you said, from the product names too, did that, is that something that, how did that transition into you guys from, you know, um, your mother and your aunts? Because, uh, Often it can like get lost in transition, but was there yeah. like something, how did that happen? I mean, I think, first of all, thank you. That's um, lovely to say. I think, I think that one of the things that we learned from watching our mom and aunt is that you have to be unapologetically yourself in this business. You have to be so sure with who you are. And that goes back to how has like a, having a sister kind of helped it helped them because they were like, no matter what we say, she's got my back. Even if it's crazy, if it's a crazy idea, it's the same for Maggie and I. And I think, you know, I hope it's the same for everyone that works at Benefit is that we are unapologetically ourselves, And when it comes to making real decisions about 
new product launches, how we want to communicate it, what it's going to do for our customers, what positions we want to hold with philanthropy, with all the things we have to put on our blinders because in the cosmetic industry, in all industries, everything is so saturated. And I think one of the the kiss of death, especially in cosmetics, is when you start looking at what everyone else is doing and you start trying to do things that you're not best at. And so, you know, when it comes to our positioning, when it comes to how we sell, what products we sell, we stay in our lane and we, we put our blinders on. And listen, that doesn't mean that we're ignorant or uneducated as to what's going on in the world, right? That's equally as important on how to speak, how to behave, what is you know going to be uh, interesting to today's consumer. That's also important. But when it comes to who we are and what we stand for, that's when you got to put the blinders on and really just kind of hope and pray that there's going to be enough people that have your back and believe in what you also believe in. Because I think the minute that a big brand, you know, starts to kind of be whatever everyone else wants it to be, you're a bit dead in the water. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you touched, you guys touched on it before, but you know, sometimes when you're in it, you don't see what the outside world sees. And I see benefit as this huge global, I mean, powerhouse brand. And you kind of said it before where it's like, it's still like a small, like, it's like the baby, you know, it's like something that you're still sometimes like, uh, you're in the, in the roots of it all. How is that like sometimes being on the inside angle right now? Um, I think for me, I think the, the thing that's both challenging and also super exciting and what just keeps me like really engaged is this idea that, um, there are these sort of founding principles, this DNA, this thread of like what built benefit, but it's also Mm. really important that we, in order to stay relevant as our customers change and literally like there are generations of people who have purchased or will purchase products that benefit or interact with benefit in some way, their, their, their knowledge base, their, their needs, they evolve. And we have to evolve too, while maintaining the core of what is recognizable benefit. And that is, that's, that's the key. Um, now sometimes we do it really well. Sometimes it's like, like you said, you like this idea of like blinders, it's like you're not always going to do everything perfectly, especially when you launch four, five, six new products a year. I mean, yeah. in the makeup industry and beauty, the launches are fast. There are lots of them. And it is a lot of work and effort to make it exciting and topical and dynamic every two months. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to, you have to, Focus on key categories, like Annie said, um, take other things as like ancillary categories, but also that, that, that's, that's my, that's what I love is like how to keep what I know to be the, the, the success points of benefit, what has kept benefit top of mind, top of heart for decades, over 40 years and to help like new team members learn that from me to help um, express it through the, my, our various sales channels. Like when I can't, you know, so it's like my job to both educate and also to express it um, in the different touch points because it's, it's, it will change. It will evolve. And I think that brands that don't evolve it, they're, they're, they're not going to survive they're, and they're not going to thrive. And I think that's one of the things too, that our mom and aunt 
constantly instilled in us and instilled in everyone that worked at Benefit is like, we are okay with change. We crave it. We rebranded ourselves all the time. First, we were green and black. Then we were pink and we were yellow and cream. And we're not afraid of change. I think it's having that fundamental, those core values, and then going after change and modernizing and always being this moving thing that has made us successful. It's alive. I mean, a, you know, a company is a living thing. Yeah. And it, it has to grow or not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what I really love, and, and I know I can really sense this from hearing the storytelling of how, you know, um, your mom and Jane founded this. I can really see you guys just continue, like it's like a copy and paste with that same work ethic, grind, customer centric. Um, it's quite like, quite emotional. It's really like, it's, I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like, it's something that I feel like I've heard like a mirroring story and it's just so cool to hear. That's why I love doing this podcast. Cause it's like, whoa, like I didn't know this when I, I just saw this amazing product and such a cool, fun brand, but seeing the story behind it and also how it's still today being preserved. And if not even just being preserved, but being, you know, built and built and growing, it's just incredible to see the legacy continuing like this way. Um, so just taking a moment for that, because I can sense it in like five minutes of speaking to you guys, but it's just incredible. <laughs> it's so incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I will want to ask is a little bit, going back to the kind of like, you know, the consumer first and the selling angle, which I love because it is true. Brands have to sell to survive. It's just the reality of it. Um, one thing I love about Benefit is, you know, the kind of, I don't know if the, maybe like the omni-channel approach of the, the brick and mortar, but the brow bars, right? The putting the experience where you're kind of speaking first in hand with the customers through the products, but also through um, uh, things like uh, kind of treatments. Um, so tell us a bit about kind of why the strategy was first devised and why it's such a success today. I love that you give us credit for a strategy in the beginning. <laughs> Got to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'll just start with like the very first beginning moments of the brow wax and Maggie, I'll let you take it from there. But here is how um, unique our strategy was or our mom and aunt strategy was, is that they knew they wanted to do a brow wax, right? They, they had these customers coming into their boutique, they were doing their makeup and they were leaving with these unfinished brows and they weren't estheticians. They didn't have estheticians. They didn't have a plan. They just knew like these babes brows need to, they need some TLC. So they also didn't have a shop that had a back room, right? There was no private extra rooms and they couldn't afford a place that did. So they said, you know what, let's just start waxing brows just like we're doing makeup. And so they started waxing brows in the center of the sales floor of the boutique. And what they realized is that people were walking, and I can say this happens firsthand because I spent my first year at Benefit working in the boutique. It's like working in a fishbowl. People are like walking by and they're like, what the hell's going on in there? You know, they're seeing women with all, all kinds of stuff happening. They're getting their lip wax. They're getting their brows waxed. They're doing all kinds of crazy things. And it's an instant traffic stopper. And that was kind of the first real realization that like, wow, this is driving people in. And in addition to that, 
it was a real moment where you could connect with a customer because you have them for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes and where you could really talk, where you could gain this intimate relationship with someone where they're going to come back to you. There's that loyalty, there's the love, there's the trust. You can also, you know, talk to them about product, but it was this instant point of difference for us that I think we've always held so close, which is we have relationships with our customers that are truly meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I think this idea of this relationship, this this moment to make connections, we're also pivoting that and as the brand grew, using that strategically, very strategically, you know, yeah. for instance, uh, when you have a service company, a spa brand where you provide services, if you think about your hair or your facials or whatever, your body treatments, whatever you're doing, you're going back over and over. There's a built-in recurrence of visiting that brand. Whereas if you're just a standalone makeup brand, you may buy a product here and there, you know, you might go in to get your makeup done like once a year, you know, uh, for an event or whatever, but there's not an opportunity as often with just a traditional makeup brand where you're having that interactive moment, especially now when people are buying a lot of their products online. So with this, we basically have two businesses. We have, we're a makeup company and a spa slash service company in one. And this is just a great stat. We're actually the number one uh, uh, employer of estheticians globally of any brand. So we literally have a spa brand, a spa company where we provide many, many, many services, different services based on the different retail locations and a full makeup line. Um, So it's, it's, it's super dynamic. I mean, it's a, it's a way for us to, um, create more loyalty, you know, the people that are coming in for their brow wax, their brow tints. And by the way, we just launched our first new service in 15 years, which is our brow lamination service, which is insane. It's so good. Everyone who's listening, go on and get it because it's excellent. Um, Your brows will look like Akasha's. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're really like cool. capital, capitalizing on this, on this, kind of this industry sort of taken over the world of this like laminated brow, um, but it's benefit, right? So, and we have thousands of, of locations. We have to do it in a way that's scalable and we can't just launch a new service. I mean, there are trainings that happen, happen for thousands of estheticians. There's sourcing the top quality, best in class products of how we're doing it, making sure that the accreditations across all of our countries around the world, that it's possible to do that. I mean, like, the launching a new service is actually way harder than launching a new product. Um, so I'm really proud of us. It's an, it's an incredible service and it's just the next evolution of benefit in terms of our brow prowess. I mean, I would, there's no other way to say it. Like we're just like the best in class in all things, eyebrows products and services alike. Um, so that's just like really exciting to be sort of on the forefront of like, like, I, I feel like in 10 years, I'm going to be like, I remember when we launched brow lamination, like it's going to be like that moment. Um, and it's really cool. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's so, and, and, you know, apart from just the great services, we all know and love, as we said before, the products, which are for me, um, the, my first encounter to benefit was through the brow gel, but I've obviously got to discover other products. Um, I'm not necessarily the biggest color makeup uh, consumer as I'm probably not your your go-to first client in mind but I'm becoming more and more especially with this podcast I'm like trying a lot of product I'm trying concealers I'm you know I'm really adapting to now a larger range of makeup 
over time, that's still fitting to my needs, right? Like just more like simple, kind of low, like low coverage, just really um, kind of like full filter looks. So it's really cool because now I'm going to like now the benefit counters. And before, like three years ago, I was like just looking at the brows and I'm like, wait, let me look at the face a bit more and let me look at the eyes a bit more. So it's quite interesting how <laughs> consumers are changing. Um, and, and I'm one of those. So I know you have an incredible array of products. So I would love if you could explain a little bit about your hero SKUs. And by the time this podcast is released, you'll have released your new product, but probably launch it like on a similar launch date. So you have to tell us all about the new product coming out. Yes. Well, before we dive into the new one, you know, like you said, I think that we do have a really cool array of products. And one of the things that we have pride ourselves on, don't get me wrong, we've, we've strayed here and there and we get our hands slapped (laughs) because we learn really quickly, like benefit, don't do that. Um, But it really comes down to, like we said earlier, staying true to who we are, staying focused on what benefit does best. And we always like to say we play well with others. Listen, there's millions of gorgeous cosmetic brands out there that do incredible color, that do insane pigmented eyeshadows and lipsticks and glitters and all these things. We don't need to be that for everybody. They exist already. We play well with them. What we need to do is we need to be best in class in brows best in class in mascara. We own pores in general. We have found through making, you know, if we rewind, how did we even get these categories? How did these categories kind of come up for us? And how do we know what to focus on as a brand? When we were creating these single individual problem solving products, when they would take off, we realized really quickly, there's an appetite here for it. There's an appetite, not only for consumers who need something like professional, right? A skin smoothing primer. No one even knew what primers were. Sephora was like, what's a, what is a, is this a category? Like, what is this? And as Maggie always reminds me, you know, our man, our aunt used to always say, we are the mother of other. So we're going to do anything other than traditional beauty. And that is how professional came up, right? It's like, we're not afraid to try these different things and see what sticks. And if it sticks, you lean in and you lean in hard. You go a hundred percent. You don't kind of dabble in a successful beauty product. You dive in head first and sometimes you're going to fail, but you know what, if you don't, it's going to be massive. And so for us, we really have stuck to our categories. As you said, like browse our services, that was just the platform for when we launched in 2016, our brow category, which is a massive category for us. It allows our customers to become their own brow experts, right? Like we, we pride ourselves on really diving in and honing in on the categories where we can be the most effective and successful for our customers. And then, you know, if you're, if you're a customer and you use a benefit mascara and you use a benefit brow product and you're using, you know, one of our poor products, you're probably also using six or seven other brands to fulfill your whole look. And we're down with that because what that tells us is that we have loyalty. So that's kind of like our, our biggest strategy because loyalty in color cosmetics is super tough, like Maggie said, but that's why we invest ourselves in the categories where we can really have that customer coming back time and time again. And where we know we're not spinning our wheels because we've got, we've got the know-how to be number one in all those categories. And we've sort of built our teams around that, like in our product innovation, global yeah. product innovation teams, there are, there's a whole subcategory, like a whole team just dedicated to 
sourcing, ideating brow products. That's it. They don't work on anything else. There's a mascara team and that's how focused we are. Um, you know, so it's really mascaras, brows, and pores. Obviously mascara is a very, um, busy category. A lot of people have mascaras, but like Amy said, brows and pores are really those categories that we carved out of kind of thin air. I mean, they've always existed, but no other big brand has dedicated resources and energy to it like benefit. And it is totally paid off. But, um, you know, the, our mascara journey is interesting too, because, we, we didn't, we were, I would say the product that sort of put us on the map, so to speak, back in the early 2000, like 2010s was a mascara. Like we've had mascaras for a long time at Benefit since the beginning. Like you can't have a, be a makeup brand without a mascara. But when we launched our Their Real Mascara, which launched in, I think it was 2010, that product was sort of like the gateway drug, if, excuse my, my, you know, so for the rest of because if you have a mascara, if you have a winning mascara, people will notice you. Retailers yep. notice you. Customers notice you. It is such an understood and well-known category that if you can break through the noise with your mascara, people are like, "Who? who's launching their real? What brand is that? That's Benefit? Oh, 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 do you? Hello, hello. And that was sort of like the the product that sort of notched us up in terms of our sort of, I would say, our like modern business. And it's just grown from there. We now have, I want to say four or five mascaras, which actually, if you think about, which I think is sort of like, I mean, strike, don't, don't, no call me this. I mean, if I think about like an iconic mascara brand, it's, it's Lancome. They have like some of the best ones out there. They've got like 10, 12 different formulations. Like we've got four or five and we're number one, number two. Like, so they just work. And like Andy said, like, I know, I know we'll get to our new product, but like, I like to say we are the little black dress of products. Yep. You're going to have that pair of jeans, that black t-shirt that you know you're going to look good in and you accessorize with other stuff, belts from Zara, nice shoes, nice heels, whatever. But you always know that you're going to feel good in those jeans. Like our poor brow and mascara products are those jeans for your face. Um, and it's hard. It's not easy because your, your employees, your customers – PR, everyone's asking, do color, do something sexy, do something crazy, do something fun, do something colorful. And it's like, that ain't us. We could, we have, we've failed. We don't want it <laughs> because where we want to have, you know, like we say, where we want to make that reoccurring sale and get that loyalty, you know, you have to put your blinders on. You have to not want to be everything for everybody because the minute we try to be a pigmented eyeshadow brand and a, you know, a red lipstick brand, we're wasting our time. Let everyone else who's a color brand be a color brand. Let them shine in that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always say like, you know, like people always say like, it's hard to sometimes get persuaded because also as you get bigger, you have more team, more mouths and more opinions. But in reality, like the, the, the founding forces behind it, the people that can really make a difference, you have to always remind yourselves, it's not about doing it all. It's about doing what you should do or, you know, could do, um, but do it to its best. Right. And I yes. think that's exactly what you guys have done is you guys are focusing and it's not to say you don't try sometimes try, but if you're noticing it doesn't stick, it's okay to be like, cool, that didn't work. Let's go back to what we do best. Um, and that, that sometimes is so important to remember because we're just humans. We're in a small boardroom meeting sometimes deciding on a product. Um, I used to work in Dior in the head office and, you know, mm -hmm. these big decisions are sometimes made with like 10 people. That's it. And then it's like, that's the big decision. <laughs> 
imagine. <laughs> yes, there's like thousands of employees after, but they have to just actuate what the idea was, right? That was decided at a very top level. And not always do we get it right. We don't know. Yeah. So you've got to like- We focus. have a hall of shame and we're yeah. not ashamed of it. And the hall of shames are, are worth celebrating because it shows trying, but it shows yeah. triumph of just realizing um, the accountability, humility, and realizing that's okay. At least you yeah. tried. That's yeah. just as important. Um, so that's what I love about benefit is I feel like, um, to be honest, it isn't like, yeah, it isn't like a, an exhausting brand, which I love. There isn't like so much, there's like the, the heroes and there's the things that I know it's does great for and its identity is really clear. But there are brands that I think are trying to do it all. Um, it comes across a little bit too profit and salesy and churning out for the sake of it. And then I lack that sense of, Kind of like sustainability feeling and even the customers will feel that they'll feel that the love isn't there in every product you want to make sure every product you're you're birthing has an attention has a purpose right you, you, you better believe that our customers like let us know when we have a product that doesn't feel like oh, yeah. right you know they're like what are you doing exactly. like get out of who here who do you think that. you are benefit <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. and they can smell the the, the bull really they, they, totally they like can be like from a mile away <laughs> So, oh, no, no, I was just gonna say, but this new, no, I just wanted to not forget to talk about our brand new product that's like launching, yeah, exactly. Because this, this is not, this is like, it's not a red lipstick, <laughs> it is not a red lipstick. We are staying in our lane, we're launching a new uh brow pencil, which um yes. is we have one of the best in class brow pencils with precisely my brow pencil, so. You know, we did, this is like one of those strategic launches. We looked, brow pencils are sort of the most desired format of brow product. Like most people are getting a pencil of some sort. Ours is this brand new technology. We're combining fiber technology and powder technology for the first time ever in a pencil format, which is like really like techie and sciencey, but I'm, it's, I'm obsessed with it. I'm actually wearing it right now. Um, mm. it's, it's a volumizing pencil, which feels counterintuitive, but it's like, so great um and yeah it's amazing 12 shades it's awesome we love it <laughs> and, and it's it's 25 dollars. such a good price point as well which is amazing it's one of those products that uh, it's innovative it's exciting but we know what to do with it at benefit right we know how to bring it to market our teams know how to apply it know how to speak about it our consumers are waiting for it it's going to be such a problem solver for brows. And I think that that's when everyone internally, you know, when you've got a winner, like when we come out and we've got a killer brow product, a killer mascara, a killer pore product, you can feel the energy internally. Like the marketing teams are stoked. The PR teams are ready to go. The sales teams are like, when do we get it out? And that's when, you know, like when your people are chomping at the bit to bring it to market. That is when internally you really know that you've got a winner on your hands and everyone cannot wait for this guy to come out. I'm so excited. No, that's the best part is like when you're like counting down the days to launch because yeah. that just shows you're like everyone's going to love fear, it. not at a fear, right? It's like... <laughs> not at a fear, which can happen. And often like, we know that, you know, there goes back to that conversation of like when there's products where we're like uh, kind of testing, let's see, is it in our wheelhouse? Those are the ones that... 
you know, you're kind of like, oh, do I want to see the reviews? Yeah, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. Product, <laughs> yeah, when you're like, okay, we're gonna like, we know this will do well, and and it's really because it truly makes sense in the whole brow kind of empire ritual that you guys have created. For me, seeing this, like when I saw um, the the kind of the press release that you sent um, to me, uh, I was like, this makes sense. I actually was kind of like, my first thought was like, wait, why don't they already have this? Like, this is <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> exactly. So I love it. I love it. And I like the fact that it's innovative. We love innovation. In, in beauty, it's needed because there is a lot of everything, as we know. So sometimes how can we take what's good, take it a step forward, um, and you've done that, and it's got a built-in spoolie as well, right? So that's great for yep. the volumizing. So genius. Love it, love it, love it. So everyone, I'll put the link anyway, so you can guys can shop it. Um, but it's obviously going to be available at all places that retail benefit. So um, that's exciting. Um, but before we go into sort of fire round questions, we'd love to know a little bit about what, you know, for you guys, do you see for the, the future benefit apart from, you know, just creating, because you guys said it, you're going to be there for the long haul, you're never leaving. So... <laughs> What do you see it as like kind of top line? Where do you see benefit growing? I, I feel it's going to be the same thing because it's just a timeless brand. But tell me, tell me more. I mean, I think for me, it's obviously we're going to continue with this really um, strong and thoughtful product cadence launch. But I think beyond that, it's we're doing a lot of work on the brand side. We're trying to, you know, it's really critical that brands these days connect on a emotional level and on a, on, in terms of with our customers, but also on a social impact level, um, that customers want to relate and ultimately buy things from brands that stand for things that they believe in. Um, and so it is our, a lot of work is going into, um, you know, expressing and figuring out and aligning with our, through our bold is beautiful, like our philanthropy partners and to understand and to actually talk about, cause it's been, you know, a lot of the times for a long time, brands did not talk about social issues that was left for other, other times in a place. And we are brands. We talk about our products and that is not really the modern way that brands grow and evolve these days and, and communicate with our customers. So, you know, we're really proud to be, um, in the conversation with these social, um, in these social topics that are really important and critical right now for our consumers. Um, and that can be scary. There's backlash. We lose customers, but we also gain really loyal customers. So you, like, like Andy said, you got to keep your blinders on. You got to stand for what you believe in and, um, use our platform, literally our social platforms, but also our platform of for good and for change and for speaking out. Um, so that's, that's, to me, obviously, the products and the services are going to continue. But I think that for the future, the, the evolution of benefit is to really express who we are. There are people that work here and yeah. we believe in things and we believe in things and support things that align with so many of our customers. And that's important for us to express. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that's uh, we've, we've always done, I think, really well, but I think that we can continue to push so much farther. It's just like Maggie said, you know, not being afraid to state our opinions. I think that we we started really dabbling in being a part of the conversation. We are a huge brand. We have to lead the conversation. You know, benefit, we can do that. We have that capability. And I think it's it's not only a capability, but it's a responsibility. It's how we've always behaved. We've always wanted to, you know, unapologetically be who we are and also open our doors to those who are like that as well and, and you know, have different issues, different, 
come from all walks of life. And I think in the cosmetic industry, there's such an appetite for that conversation, but there's such a hesitation on how to achieve it, how to do it. And we're all doing our best to figure it out. But I do think, you know, and I'm always so proud of, of when we do take those moments and we come together as a team and we dive in headfirst on certain topics, um, whether it's, you know, what we're launching, how we're launching it, what we're going to stand behind. Um, but I think that there's always a ton of room to grow, um, a ton more that we could be doing. We're not blind to that at all. Like we, we, we know what our challenges are. We know where we can be better and we're, um, committed to doing that. Amazing. Uh, I had goosebumps, honestly, listening to, um, kind of seeing where the vision is. Cause for me, like that as a young founder of a, of a new kind of brand, it's sort of like the inspirational beacon of like, okay, this is where I want to have a brand that gets the heights of benefit. Of course, that's like any goal, but at the same time, be able to have a vision that goes sustainably in the future uh, to know that what I'm building even when I it, it will no longer be like you know I've gone from three people to now 30 employees eventually maybe there'll be 100 plus employees but I just want to make sure I have that level-headed attitude like you guys have to like keep that vision aligned so that's amazing so thanks for sharing that um well before we go to fire round questions I have a sort of desert island question for you so this is going to be really tough because um I'm gonna you know I think you know what's going to come but I'm inviting you both to a founded beauty retreat the good thing is you're coming together so you can tag team you know you love tag teaming so you can split you have two products to choose from but what is your go-to product if you can only bring one to this island so Maggie I'll start with you oh good uh I would just probably say gimme brow j- brow gel like the OG nothing like it nothing yeah. ever gonna be like it it's the best mm-hmm. if your My browser thing. if your browser full that's all I can ask for. <laughs> yeah, I can do with pretty much anything else if I have my brows looking full and natural. <laughs> that's amazing. And it's also I really, it. I don't know if I meant to use it like that, but I also use it for like little tamer ways. And little, right, like, exactly. So you like multiversal. Yeah, I get it. Uh, how about you, Annie? Okay, so we already have Gimme Brown on the island. I was going to say hula, but we're on an island, so I'm already tan. I'm, mm. I would say also probably my precisely. Like it's, yeah. I want both. I want my brows on point. Everything else, when you've got a little base tan, everything kind of falls into place, but your brows still need the TLC. Exactly. Oh, I love that. But I think a lot of founders on the island will be running to you trying to steal your products, but it's fine. You guys, you know, you guys can guard it, the brow, the, the brow fort. Um, so fire on questions. First thing that comes to your mind. We'll do, uh, again, we'll just do Maggie and Annie. So Annie, you have a, a bit more time as well. So Maggie, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? Uh, Aveda, actually. I got like, I fell right back in love with Aveda. I'm so into their shampoo and conditioner. I feel like I'm in high school again and I'm like really here for it. Well, I have to send you some favorite main now because I think we can. And my fun fact is Aveda was my first ever job. First company I worked for. Yeah. I was a social media manager uh, many years ago. But yeah, it was cool. Um, But for UK and EMEA, so just for a region. But it was very fun. I learned a lot about it and a great company. Um, And how about you, Annie? Okay. I never even know how to pronounce it, but it's Ilya or Ilya. Ilya. Yeah. Thank you, Ilya. I'm I just, I can't get enough of it. The cheeks, the formulas. I just, um, I'm here for everything that they bring out. I always buy it and I play with it and I always find it like inspiring and just, it's a gorgeous brand. Yeah. 
no, Sasha is amazing and she'll be on the pod as well. So I'd oh, good. Send you the, the episode when it comes out. Um, what is a guilty pleasure of yours, Maggie? TV. I love it. I love watching TV. It's the best. <laughs> I, I do it whenever possible. <laughs> I watch too much. I stay up way too late. Once like my children go to sleep, just like watching shows. It's like yep. junk food for my brain. It just really calms me down. It's needed that escape. I, I feel you. <laughs> How about you, Annie? I was just going to say, I like redove into the Kardashians last night and it felt real good. Um, I'm going to say Mexican food. Ooh. God, I think I, just like I a good chip and guacamole. I could get yeah. lost in that for a minute. Yeah, that's a very good one. Um, well, next question, kind of going to, I guess, out you out in terms of what you're watching, but what are you currently watching or reading? So I, um, this show is not a new show, but I've been binging it, Animal Kingdom. Oh. Um, I don't know if it it's sexy, it's spicy. I really like it. Um, Ellen Barkin is like this mom of like five boys. It's in Venice Beach. It's like really good. There's a lot of seasons too, which makes me feel happy. Um, and, uh, and then I watch, I don't know. I'll watch weird stuff. I'll just stick with Animal Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> you, Annie? I am deep in Stranger Things right now. So um, good. Really? That's yeah. so, I would never pin you for a Stranger Things girl. Yet. Oh, I love Stranger Things. I love it. It's, sometimes it's a little scary for me, but I, I push through <laughs> and I'm reading currently Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with my oldest son. I love that. And they're actually making a, a film, right? Wonka with yeah. Timothy Chalamet. They're doing a new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and a new Matilda. So we're like, oh, we're set in our house. That's amazing. Um, what is your favorite social media platform right now, Maggie? love TikTok so much. I love it. I don't film any, I don't like do any TikToks, but I, I'm that person where, you know, they're like, hello, you should stop scrolling now. And I'm like, nope, not going to stop. And I just like keep going. I feel you. I feel you. The TikTok loop of uh, endless time wasting, but so oh important. Endless, endless. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> How same. about you, Annie? No, same. Yeah, it's same. just like, it's such a time suck, but it's it's a nice brain break. I mean, I've learned so many random things from it. I learned how to deep hit a cherry this morning and I actually did it. And I'm like, what did I just learn? This is like, these are life things. These are really important life things. Exactly. It's educational, but also I, we can always just use the excuses also for work, right? Trying to you know, craft, like sure. who's the best next TikToker to work sure. for. That's why I say to myself, <laughs> but obviously my for you page is a lot of like cats and yeah, food hacks. So <laughs> it's not really relevant, but oh well. um, what is, um, like, do you have like a favorite quote or mantra that you go by Maggie? Um, I would say that, um, our, it's actually something that our mom and aunt used to say and, um, that we talk about a lot at work. It's, um, there's not a no, you put a W at the end and you make it a now. Um, Ooh, I love it. It's just like, just do it, figure it out. Don't say no. Don't close your mind off to things. Um, make it a now be proactive and like make it happen. So I love that. Such a good one. You stole mine. Um, I mean, yeah, probably the same, right? (laughs) Okay. One thing that I do, I always like love, and sometimes it gets taken out of context, but I remember reading this quote once and it actually helped me as like when I was first young and working that you don't get what you necessarily deserve. You get what you negotiate. And I have kind of always taken that to heart in the sense of like, not that your work is not going to speak for yourself, but in this day and age, you have to work hard and you have to kind of express why you deserve what you want. 
and have that work show show for it. And it can't just be about the negotiation and it can't just be about the hard work. Like you really have to believe in yourself and you have to be your own salesperson. And I've always, um, I've always really believed in that. I love that. And my last question it's, I always like asking this one, so I'm curious to see your answers. Um, if you want a beauty entrepreneur or for you guys, if you weren't working at Benefit, what would you be doing right now to Maggie first? I would love to have some sort of, I love cooking and I love like feeding friends and family. Um, I, I don't bake, so don't ask me to make anything that is like a sweet treat. Um, I'm a savory girl. Um, but I would love, I want to have like some sort of little cafe, I don't want, like, I just love, it relaxes me. I love, like, I would want to have, like, a farm. I love farmer's markets. Like, growing and then harvesting and making food for friends and family. Like, that is my dream. I would love to do that. Just all day, every day. And Annie? I would say either, I love interior design. I was going to go to school for interior design until Maggie talked me into the family biz. Um, so either that or You're also, welcome. You're welcome. Exactly. Benefits welcome too. I'm getting my fix with my house right now and then I'll dive back into beauty. But Or I would say I would love to also like live and work on a working farm. I love getting my hands dirty and just being outside, being around animals amazing well i mean maggie annie it's been an absolute pleasure now i just can't wait to come to sf and visit you guys and you have to come to london you know jazz who works you know she goes oh on endless we about love jazz. she's the best and she just raves <laughs> about you two so much she was like um she actually wanted to come on the pod before and say hi but um she has a, a second her two-year-old's birthday and she's like they all know they'll get it but she sends yeah. you her love um so we'll do, we'll do a work trip to sf uh, we'll use that right. and we'll come visit you so that's good um so in the meantime though where can everyone follow you guys and obviously benefit and they probably already are but tell us your own socials if you're willing to share and also the brand yeah maggie fd on instagram come and come and hang out um and i'm annie yeah and annie maggie and annie fd easy and then benefit we know at Benefit Cosmetics. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll put all the links anyway in, in the summary so everyone can check it out as well as a new product launch. And till then, we will um, we'll, we'll just be in touch and I'll see you in person hopefully very soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.